Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 375 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so thrilled that you are here today with Edward Giordano. We're returning to the show. You're going to love this love this chat that we have together about um, celebrating every shot and AI and how do we plan? How do we move forward? That is all coming up. And you know that Ed is just a complete and total utter delight. So um, please stick around for that. What has been going on around here? Well, I took a really, really lovely writer's retreat. This one I needed to write during. And um, this one, I forgot my charging cable. So when I got there, I got out my computer. Here I go. Going to write. And um, no, I I wasn't going to write. I could have written for a few hours and then the computer would have died. So I just, I let that go. Normally on my writing retreats, I journal and I read. And this one apparently was enforced. My uh, subconscious made that happen as well. And I had rented this really inexpensive expensive, very inexpensive place in the back of somebody's house um, in a little place called Opunaki. And it's a surfing town. It's a block from the beach. And I walked and I walked and I walked. I don't always walk so much. I've had whole retreats where I never, ever leave the house. But this time I just wanted to walk and to feel the air on my face and to walk in the rain and to walk in the sun and I watched rainbows and I walked along the cliffs and through clifftop gardens and I found a lake and I walked around that. It was just a really walking centric time. I also journaled. I also thought about what I'm doing and where I'm going. But y'all, there was something else I did. I just relaxed. One of my friends called it um, a sabbatical weekend. And that's really what it felt like it was. I learned that so i'm a number one input in the clifton strengths and one of the ways i make my input happy which is taking in information and collating it and making sure that i can then disseminate it to other people that's what input does i'm not an expert but that is what i know it does uh, one of the ways i really do that is by listening to podcasts i listen to nonfiction podcasts about writing and about business and about health and about meditation and Buddhism. Um, And it always feels really, really good. And I just haven't been prioritizing any time to listen to podcasts lately. None. When I go out and walk, I'm usually walking the dog and the dog is high maintenance and there are no podcasts during a dog walk. Let me tell you Uh, there it's, it's, it's an event every time we walk the dog. So, and I haven't been prioritizing getting out for long hikes by myself which I should do. Apparently that is exactly what I needed and wanted as evidenced by my retreat. But I found this new way of inputting podcasts and it is so enjoyable and it kind of felt anathema and bad. Like I was, you know, doing something wrong and I hate that feeling. But I've recently gotten a little bit addicted to this connecting the dots game. It doesn't matter which game it is. I don't even know what it's called, honestly. I don't usually let myself have games on my phone because I have a very addictive nature and sometimes I will do nothing else if I have something like that set up on my phone. But one night I just, a couple of weeks ago, I just got the bug and I I was like scratching for it, scratching for this addiction and I needed something and I found this game and I downloaded it and I got pretty addicted to it and it was okay. 
It was relaxing. Oh, I know why I did it because I was really sick. I was sick for those couple of weeks. That is when I allowed myself to have a game. And I got stuck in this game to the point where I was asking for help to get unstuck from people around me, from my wife, from friends. Get me out of this. Help me do something else. I deleted TikTok from my phone. I wanted to delete the, the game app, but I didn't. And then I realized, hey, I can listen to podcasts when I'm playing this game. And that's what I did on this trip. Not, not all the time, but in the evenings where some people would, you know, watch television or I, I will admit, you know, we're usually on a retreat. I'm reading and I did read a lot. I read a couple of books during those three days. Um, but I also spent quite a few hours just looking at the connecting the dots game and inputting podcasts. And I would stop a huge, beautiful new idea that I would hear on a podcast would prompt something else to blow up in my brain like fireworks. And I would stop and I would input the notes. I would type them in and then I would go back to the podcast. And it just felt incredible to have that kind of downtime. It was um, I hate to, I hate to say this, but you know, quote unquote, it felt productive. And I am a person who has to also watch out for that because uh, my worth is tied to feeling productive. Uh, it's not, it's not, it's not the best, but it is a thing. It is a thing and learning and inputting. Yes, it's productive, but it is also what gives me energy pennies and makes me happy. And so to be able to do that and to also play the game, it was just such a joyful thing. And I did lots of journaling and lots of reading and lots of walking. And and I, I will admit that I had canceled it because, um, you know, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast because Lala is still not working and we're trying to be very budget conscious and we're going to the States and don't have a lot of extra money to spend on that trip. And so I thought, no, I, I won't go on my writer's retreat. And then I, as soon as I canceled it, I thought, well, damn, I really feel like I need that. And so I went back on it and I found the cheapest place ever. And this place was so great. It was, I would absolutely go back there. It was in the back of a house owned by a young couple who had a couple of really loud and wonderful kids who just, they were not annoying loud. They were loud because they were hooting and hollering, having fun. And it was such a small surfing town, absolutely good, gorgeous. And the people were so kind. And oh, I bought, oh my gosh, I have forgotten to tell you the most important thing. I bought my lazy boy on the way. I found it in a thrift shop. It was in the window. I walked in. I knew I wouldn't be able to afford it because gosh, they're expensive here. And I keep losing auctions on our local Craigslist site to get the cheap ones. And it was $100, $100 for this large leather recliner, Lazy Boy brand and everything. And it is incredible. Uh, the back comes off, put it in the back of my car, took it with me on the retreat because I found it on the way. And of course, nothing is open in New Zealand on Sundays when I was coming back. So I knew I had to buy it right then if I was going to buy it. There was another woman right behind me trying to sit in it. No, she didn't. That was my chair. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, in fact, about an hour after I bought it, I ran into car trouble because I uh, had neglected to put in coolant for a very long time. I didn't know I had to put in coolant, all right? Um, but it's a hybrid, so it needs a special coolant. And the town that I broke down in had a gas station, which did not sell anything for cars, a used car dealership, and like a farm supply store. A farm supply store did not have the coolant. Oh, there was a, there was a, a tractor mechanic down the road that I walked to and I talked 
to him. And he showed me that he sometimes has that coolant, but he showed me the empty bottle. He just run out. He didn't have it. So I went over to the used car mechanic um, and basically <laughs> I convinced him to let me have some of their coolant that they put in their used cars when they need to. And then I would drive to the next town and replace the coolant at the auto repair store and bring it back. Uh, but for the, for a little while, and then that was very, a very New Zealand solution. Um, I do have roadside assistance, ironically known as AA here, uh, automotive assistance, but they couldn't really help me because I was in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, you know, we got it. We got, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here. They said, we've got the number for a guy named Jim, who is about 45 kilometers away. You can call him and see if he can bring you some coolant, but our trucks don't carry anything like that. Um, and I was like, okay, so can you open a, a docket for that or a ticket for that? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. If you if we open a ticket, then we just got to come tow you. I'm just going to give you Jim's phone number. Just give him a call. So, um, but Jim didn't answer his phone and later sent me a text saying, do you need something? But by then I was on the road. Uh, but for a moment in this little town, I thought I'm going to sleep in my lazy boy tonight. And that's fine. It's cold. It's cold, but it's, you know, it's a big chair. I'll just fold myself up in it. Oh, it'll be good. Um, but saved, went on up the coast. My lazy boy went with me. I did leave it in the car, although I did have uh, moments of imagining just hauling it out onto the sand at the beach and watching the sunset because I was on the West Coast. And uh, <laughs> but but now it's here. It's much too big for my tiny tiny little sun porch office, and I don't care. I don't care. It's the most comfortable thing I've ever sat in in my life. If this makes me middle aged. I, you know, all I can see is Joey and Chandler in my head, like, you know, popping back their recliners at the same time, twin, twin recliners. Now I get it. I get it. It's heaven. I've been writing it every morning. My neck and shoulders have not hurt all week. It's the best. So I uh, highly, highly recommend a lazy boy, a, a cheap used lazy boy. My life is complete. Um, Okay. And what else is going on in big news? Maybe I should have led with this, but I didn't. Instead, I babbled about lazy boys and, um, the beach, 90 days to done and 90 day revision are officially open. You know that these don't open very often and they don't stay open for very long because they always sell out. If you are working on a book and want to finish it, join 90 days to done. If this is a book you've been working on for 10 years, or if it's a glimmer in your eye, maybe you're not even sure you had the glimmer of the idea for this book yet, but you'd like to do that with me, 90 days to done is the place to go. rachelherron.com slash 90, the number 90 will get you to the sign up for that. You can go look at the FAQ and see what the class does, but it is really cool. Um, I've, oh, it's so fun. You all have heard me talk about this at length, how much I love teaching these classes and how people finish their books in these classes. Uh, so 90 days to done is, uh, and 90 day revision, they run from September first to the end of November. So December is, you will be done by December, done by December with your book. I am recording this in 2023. It is the first week of August. Uh, this will go out on August 3rd, 2023. So if you're interested in 90 days to done, again, to go to rachelherron.com slash 90. If you're interested in 90 day revision, run to rachelherron.com slash revision to take a look at that and sign up because that's the one that basically slammed shut is almost as soon as it's opened. Uh, it, that is my favorite class to teach of all. It is, it's hard. It's no joke. 
but it's incredible. If you have a book that is 85% or more done in a first draft or second draft, third draft, whatever you have done, and you don't feel confident in what you've done with your book, please join 90 day revision. In both of these classes, I hold your hand as you move through your book. I am your biggest cheerleader. And not only that, these classes always come together into beautiful, gorgeous communities and your peers will also be helping you to do this work. It is not a critique group. You will not be reading other people's work. You don't have time to read other people's work. You've got a life. You might have kids. You got a job and you're writing a book or you're revising a book. There is no looking at other people's work because these are too early of a draft to look at other people's work anyway. Um, but all the questions are answered over on my website. So please run over there. Uh, I had one woman one time pull over her car on the freeway to sign up for this. And uh, she loved she loved the class. She loved both classes. She did 90 Days to Done and, and 90 Day Revision and then published her book, her gorgeous book. So um, yes, rachelherring.com slash 90, rachelherring.com slash revision. Go snap that up right now. If you are interested, I would really, really love to have you. This is the only deep dedicated way that I coach nowadays. Um, there's the Rachel Says Plan Patreon, but that is a one hour a month Zoom call, which is also awesome. That's over available at rachelherron.com slash Patreon. But that's about the planning side. 90 day revision and 90 days to done is you doing a hell of a lot of work with support and cheerleading craft assistance, and also the most important part, which is mindset assistance, emotional assistance. <laughs> That's what I bring. All right. Um, I have talked long enough about that. I would love to see you, love to have you if you're interested in that. Now, let me give you a little bio for my friend and assistant, Edward. Edward Giordano is a science fiction and fantasy author originally from Indiana, but more recently moved to California with his boyfriend and their cat, Ripley. He received his BS from Purdue University, Indiana. He is known to talk a lot about foreign reality shows, curling, public transit, and food. And uh, oh, you're just going to love this. Please enjoy our free ranging, widely focused conversation. And here we go. All right. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome you to the show. Will you please share your name and your pronouns? Hey, I'm Edward Giordano. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm from Oakland, California, I guess yes. now. Yeah. So glad to have you here, Edward. And Edward, as um, many of you know, Ed is my virtual assistant, my writing helper, my right hand guy. And you're always telling me to do amazing things, which then I don't do because I don't have time. Um, and I love you for it. And uh, we have an introduction to you. And I know just off the top of my head, I don't know much, but I do know that I think we last talked on, on episode 200 when we had a really nice long chat. But today um, you came to me and said, let's do kind of a catch-up episode. What's going on? Let's talk about AI. Let's talk about some other things. And I kind of, I kind, because, you know, it's just been a really kind of hairy few weeks and I want you to drive this. Tell me where we're going. What do you want to talk about first, Ed? Um, well, basically I was getting insanely jealous of Shasha Black, if I'm being most <laughs> frank. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like she gets a monthly chat. I, I mean, I'm WhatsApping you 
consistently not constantly consistently <laughs> but, but i was getting a little jealous of sasha but at the same time i do love your chat so do i hang off. out with sasha once a year when i visit the united states no i do not i only do that with you and i don't do that with a lot of my friends in fact fair 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 fairness <laughs> we're gonna we already have plans for dinner when i am we there, do, we so do. Like... i'm very i'm very excited for that um the thing I so I have like a bunch of things I want to talk about, but something that popped up on maybe tech, TikTok and or Instagram or Facebook or one of those was I'd love to ask you a question and I love the audience to also play along with this question. What do you think everyone can do? So I'm gonna give you a moment to answer that question for yourself, mm -hmm. including Rachel. And okay, do you have do you have something have that comes an, to mind? I have an instant answer. Um everyone can be creative. This is this is an argument that I have with people regularly. I just had it like two weeks ago when somebody was insisting to me that he was not creative and he was a doctor. And I was like, you have to be creative to be a doctor. You are thinking outside the box. You are you are moving things. And I was like, no, and I'm not an artist. I'm not a painter. I'm like, but you could be. Um, I believe everyone can be creative. Is that where you were going with that question? Well, to to that doctor, he's definitely problem solving all the time. So of course he's creative, yeah, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. But where I was going with that question was how you answer that question is what secretly you're really great at. Oh, that's I feel weird about that. Let's see. Um, secretly I'm really great. I know that I'm I'm I know that I'm great at being creative, but I do really believe that everyone else is creative. Um, but anyway, what do you answer that question with? Okay, you're you're gonna laugh and you're gonna be like, yeah, this makes sense. I literally said data organization. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, anyone could do that. And ooh, this is so interesting because I like I'm thinking of Lala, my wife, who would rather die than do anything with data organization. Like she it would just it would be so bad for her. So maybe, see, and then that makes me wonder, like, can everybody be creative if I don't agree with data organization? <laughs> well, but the, the key wasn't really to find out the answer to the question. The key was to find out what, right. what you are, what you're good at, but, with, <gasps> but without asking you, without asking you. I love that. What a fun, fun question. Yeah, it was, it was a little, it was, uh, I was like, let's, let's see if, uh, how you react with that. And you had such an excellent answer. Um, <laughs> Something that I've been thinking about is uh, Ezra Klein talked about how everyone or every every model is imperfect. So that is a, so. What I love about that every model being imperfect. Now I just put models on everything in this world. Mm -hmm. So last time I came to you with a huge Big Brother comparison. Here I am years later with a Project Runway comparison. Ooh, you laid on me. You know I'm very much more familiar with that. That I am big brother, which I did that, give a decent shot. I did, I did give it a decent shot. You did shot. try, and I appreciate that. And honestly, <laughs> that was the worst season I should have seen. Anyways, that's near there, here nor there. Um, so with a book, much like a dress, sometimes you want you not every dress is correct for every situation, and not every book is correct for every situation as you're writing it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you want it to be uh, a tiny black mini that's a tight plot with uh not too many rough edges and like streamlined. Or sometimes you want a long train. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of uh, exposition that leads yeah. you up to the plot. And like, and sometimes you want a like, oh, I want this the center around the bodice to be a little loose. And that's like 
giving yourself some flexibility with the with the tight plotting in the center of the book with the mushy middle. And sometimes you want a, you know, couture um, avant garde, which mm -hmm. is I am throwing out story structure and I'm just going to play literarily here. I'm just see what happens to see if it could see if the model can even walk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you want, yeah, you want avant-garde big. You're like, I'm taking like structure. Don't know her. Like, but story possibly book. Definitely purchasable for sure. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Perfect. That is a beautiful model. I also, I like that answer client idea too, that all models are imperfect, which does relieve a little bit of pressure. We can't, we don't have to find the perfect model. Oh yeah. I love, once, once you said that, I was like, Oh, duh. Then I can do, do whatever I want. And yep. I was like, I'm free. I'm free. Yep. And so, so I have, I have more models for you. Uh, so my other passion, in addition to Project Runway, Big Brother writing and other creative things is curling. And you're like, well, what does curling have to do with this? So with curling, you're throwing shots on the ice and and when you miss a shot, you can get really in your head and then you miss, you can miss consecutive shots thereafter. Mm -hmm. And, and what I realized is, and like what people do, what for sports perfect. So they've been hiring sports psychologists at the uh, Olympic level for curling. And then what they've been telling these players to do is just uh, celebrate every shot, regardless of the result. Ooh, so, I so that. people. So you like, so they throw a shot, they miss completely and they're high-fiving because they know if they get down about that shot, then their second shot, their third shot, their fourth shot, their fifth, like it'll always be a cascading domino of not doing, being successful. And like, what mm -hmm. good does that do you? Mm -hmm. So, so, so that I've been sort of thinking about this with writing. I'm like, so I, I write a shitty or what, what we can swear on a, this. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. Right. I write a <laughs> shitty sentence on, in my, in my draft. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, it doesn't like, that doesn't, I shouldn't be dwelling on that sentence because I, I have the chance with the next sentence to kill it. And it shouldn't depend on my last sentence. If I, this next sentence is good. And or indeed next... you can't write that next, next sentence without having shown up for the last shitty sentence. Mm -hmm. And therefore you must celebrate it. Like it's getting you from there to the next place where you will kill it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, so preferably, I would love for uh, Professor Junebug and Lala, every time you finish a line to celebrate it with you. <laughs> ideally, that's ideally, but I'll accept. Yay, little pom-poms up in the air. But no, that's really, that's really big what you're saying too, is that um, something fundamentally shifted in me when I was a part of a writer's organization where we would celebrate every rejection. And when I say celebrate every rejection, I mean, when you got an agent query that was rejected or a publisher rejection or a bad review, the whole room would burst into applause and start cheering for you. You would share it because it was like bad news. You'd share your bad news and everybody's just whooping it up saying, yes, go you. That's amazing. True celebration because it just proves that you're working. You're mm -hmm. being a working writer and working writers have hard things happen to them. And it, but taking that to the micro level of trying to do that on the page while you are writing crappy sentences, celebrating those, celebrating the terrible paragraphs and the plots that you just don't know how to hang together yet, but you will, you'll learn it. That's beautiful. I love that. Oh, I, I, yeah, that's so great. To, I didn't think about, yeah, of course you were bringing that on the macro level. I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a bit of a micro organization person, I guess. <laughs> You're so good at it. You're so good at it.
Thank you. Uh, my uh, my last my last few things I want to bring up uh, before we get into maybe some AI questions. Uh, so I've been I've just discovered, and I have no idea why. I just discovered Drag Race, and I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed. If anyone follows me on Twitter at Edward Giordano, you will see random tweets of me catching up to the seasons. I'm I just finished season nine, and and what I what I really like about that, among a myriad of things is they're given a challenge and and it's it's something completely out of their out of their wheelhouse and then they have 24 hours 48 hours ish to to achieve it and then they deliver whether it's successful or not they deliver and i was like okay i i really wish i could like apply this in with like story ideas like like give yourself a week like i'm gonna try this thing for a week whether it works or not that's fine like as uh caroline polachek says she's a prolific writer but not a prolific releaser and i think i i, I wish we were all that mm -hmm. uh prolific writers and then we could decide the release could be it's its own separate thing yeah. uh so yeah i would i would yeah i just would love to challenge myself to do something and like to see if it works and if it fails well at least i tried it and then you know uh what's something recently you've challenged yourself with rachel anything by chance so yeah, I, I still keep going back to this 500 words a day thing that is just working so well for me. And it is like, it's a total lie. Like every word of that sentence is a lie. 500 words a day. I don't do 500 words and I don't <laughs> do it a day. I do like 600 to 1100 words. Cause when I sit down to do it, I write for 20 minutes and sometimes I write really fast. I've, I've upped it from 15 minutes to 20 minutes, but it's just 20 minutes of writing every morning that I can. And that's generally about four, three to four mornings a week. And I have like 50,000 words now. And I just started wow. in February and I'm missing wow. more than 50% of the days that I challenge myself to do this. But when I sit down, I am not trying to do anything good or great. I'm not trying to satisfy a book requirement. I don't know where most of the stuff is going. Some of them have turned into Patreon essays and I've used a couple of the 500 mornings to um, free, you know, fast draft some new stuff for a book that I'm revising. But otherwise it's just like, it's just like, what do I feel like writing today? And it feels like the Carolyn Polichick method actually, which is like, I'm just writing a ton and I don't know what's going to happen to any of it. But that challenge has really like, um, just unleashed something in me. It's it's beautiful. And I'm just having, it, the, I guess the challenge at its core is to have fun. And it is 20 minutes of sitting down before I do anything else, before I even look at my phone or look at email, 20 minutes of fun or 20 minutes of deep navel gazing introspection, which to me is fun. Like that is part of fun. So yeah, that's my big challenge. What about you? What are you tempted to challenge yourself with? I'm telling myself to not leave this book is what is what and you know what I'm really glad I didn't leave this book because uh every so often or how I how I've been working on it it's like it feels like I'm taking like one inch like I would be hitting I would be coming to the page and a whole week month would go by and I traveled one inch two inch three inches mm -hmm. very annoyingly and then but you traveled but I did travel but then eventually about maybe, I don't know, maybe six, eight weeks ago, I was like, oh, if I do this with this and this, like it, like, like a, a mile opened up in front of me. And, oh. and since then I've been, I've been actually kind of been running fast with this draft oh. because, because I just had to keep, and, and what I realized is I had to keep hitting on, well, for me, for this process, I just keep hitting my head doing these like incremental changes, incremental yes. changes, incremental changes until I was able to break through and see like, oh, this, this twist is going to 
make everything better, more interesting, because I just can't think of an interesting, that interesting and twisted of a plot in the first go around. I just can't. Most people can't. It has to be future Edward who figures that out. It has to be him who shows up. And here's something that I've been talking um, with some students about recently is that this is where most writers stop and do not continue. They get stuck, they get frustrated with their book, and then they put it aside and they say, I'm going to put it aside for a week. I'm going to put it aside for two weeks. And then six months later or two years later, they realize they're still in the same place in the book that they were. Then they were, uh, as opposed to writers who show up and keep bashing their heads against the same thing like you have been doing. That's the only way to move through. That's the only way for future Edward to be smarter. And then suddenly the mile opens up in front of you just because you kept going back. That's all you were mm-hmm. doing. It's yeah, amazing. It's, I think you you have this quote all the time, like uh, like creative creativity happens when you when you write and like and so yes. so something like yeah. that. And it's so the only often, time it, it's the only time we're smartest is actually when we're writing. That's when the ideas come, not when we sit down to try to have ideas. Yes. Yeah. So often nothing was happening. I'm like, this is dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb. But <laughs> but eventually, I'm like, well, that's less dumb. So that's 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 all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> less dumb. A little bit of less dumb. Yes. <laughs> Amen. There's a uh, one piece of advice that RuPaul gave Trixie Mattel in season seven. And this was on, so she was eliminated early in season seven, spoilers for a season that happened a long time ago. And then there was a return challenge. And in that return challenge, uh, Trixie's like, oh, I'm a comedy queen. And then Ru said, well, if you're a comedy queen, you should use every moment you can to be funny. And then, and I, and, and I saw the light bulb turn on her head, and now you know she's like one of the biggest stars on the planet. An icon, yeah. I was like, that piece of advice was worth its weight in gold and platinum and mm-hmm. zirconium, everything. And and I'm going to turn. I've been turning that advice and giving it to myself. You are creative. Every moment you have on stage, on the page, in the scene, at the sentence, is a chance for you to prove you're creative. Oh, that's beautiful. So, so hopefully so, to someone, they're like, oh, blew someone's this is my mind. moment. This is my, like, this is my chance to be creative right yes. here, right now, right next to that semicolon that makes no sense in this damn sentence. <laughs> exactly. And, and for, and for any writer like this, if you're a writer, this is a day to be a writer, to do some writing, to do just not just think about it, but to actually do it and to show up and to keep moving forward that inch by inch by inch. That's gorgeous. Thank thank you for letting me on. And I would love to know uh, what what is some uses that you've had, or no, I'll even go further. What have, what are some what are some models with uh, writing that you've had lately? That that's since I gave you since I since I've been through like eight, 18 of them at you. I would love to know. Uh, let's see. Um, I. I really am so drawn lately to the less angst, the better. And I'm thinking particularly about dog training because everything comes down to dog training around here right now because we have the reactive Professor Junebug who is, you know, she can't help it. She just, she's just an anxious little girl. And we went to see the vet two weeks ago and, you know, just to make sure everything was okay with her physically. And, um, and the vet was like, do you see how you're responding to her? Every time, you know, she looks at you, she looks at you, she looks at you, she's, she's, She's trying to get your attention and you're trying to fix things. Like, are you okay? You're touching her. You're giving her a treat. She's like, just ignore her. She's a dog. And not in like the, you know, the alpha 
debunked method, but she was like, your dog doesn't need that much attention. And I really feel like my writing doesn't need that attention, uh, that much attention as much as I like feel like I have to give it. And it goes back to that 500 words a day or whatever it is, or whatever I'm showing up for. Like then this morning I did my 500 words a day, which turned into 600 something. And then I sat down to do my real work of the day, which was some revision. And I just didn't give it that much angst. I just showed up and I worked for a couple 45 minute sessions. And instead of like trying to extrapolate how I felt about that session to the rest of the book and what it meant, I don't, I'm not trying not to pay it that much attention. It just, it just is. There's that. Um, can I share the quote that we just used and Rachel says, right. It was an it's, excellent quote. So it's please. So good. And it's, I think it's completely applicable to this. Maybe that's why I responded to, so strongly to it. It's from Elizabeth Gilbert, who says creativity itself doesn't care at all about results. The only thing it craves is the process. Learn to love the process and let whatever happens next happen without fussing too much about it. Work like a monk or a mule or some other representative metaphor for diligence. Love the work. Destiny will do what it wants with you regardless. So it's about learning to love the process and not be fussy, fussing, not be precious, just show up and work like a monk. A monk is not going to get up. You know, I just have these romantic ideas in my head about monks, but a, a monk is just going to till the soil and not get personally aggrieved. If the worms eat the, the, the lettuce, so it's just, let's just plant some more lettuce. It's really not personal. The, the worms aren't out to get me. Um, so just showing up, I think that's my model right now is showing up with as little fuss and angst as possible. And maybe the, the in, internal reactivity will calm a little bit. <laughs> How's that for a model? That's a, that's great. That's great. And you know, I, I, what I like about that is, you know, I fuss so much about like, well, I should be on X thing by Z date and yes, all that is totally not, not going to happen. <laughs> Let's be real. And if it does, I certainly can't predict it. So, and that's the so, ultimate in fussing. And I really, I really resonate with that because that's my favorite way to fuss is to make big plans. And then I fail to hit them. And then I have to rejigger, which is, you know, the, one of the best things I've ever learned is that we plan and then we fail. And that is to be celebrated. That's part of the writing life is the failure is as important. The failure to hit any goal. I don't hit any of my goals, but I hit all of my goals eventually, but I don't hit them when I want to hit them. And that's worthy mm -hmm. of celebration. And, and not, let, let's probably be honest. You probably hit bigger goals than you could have even set for yourself. Absolutely. I and totally agree with that. So, so it's like almost like setting and sit strictly keeping to a goal is potentially holding you back from yeah bigger things. Yeah. And if we look at it with the whole, you know, universal kind of spiritual lens, like who am I to even think I know what I should be doing? Maybe I should set some goals. And if something bigger than me moves me in a way that it would prefer I go, I might as well follow that than fighting against what this universal consciousness might want. There, we just went very existential. Good for us. Truly. <laughs> a little bit in my journal today, I was, I was, I kept, I keep coming back to this question and I was like, what, what, what can I do today that I would be happy to be doing for the next 10 years? So oh, that's is there, is there anything, is, is there anything, because ideally whatever you're doing today would be so successful that 10 years from now, you'd also be doing it. And is there, is there anything that comes to mind when you think of that for yourself? Um, I'm so, I'm so blessed and lucky that like, I feel like most of my life is already like that. I would like to be healthy enough to be able to sit in a chair comfortably. I'd like to be able to still 
have ideas in my mind that I struggle to put into words, but the struggle is the joy of capturing them on the page every day. That is my favorite thing to do. And then to like sit on the couch with Lala at night and read a book with a dog curled on our feet. Like there's nothing better than that, except maybe getting into bed and falling asleep. And I love that too. Um, so yeah, what about you? Uh, there was several projects that I've been considering. Uh, I sometimes, sometimes I feel like a creative without uh, a specific thing to be creative in. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, I've, I've been considering one, a few things actually. One of them is like, it's like oh, do I like, like, do I want to do like a curling commentary channel? Like maybe, maybe no one's doing it. And you know what? If I love it, so be it. Oh so be it. Gosh. So th there would be people who would be the audience for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, th and there's, there's a few other ideas of mine like that floating around, but I'm, I'm trying to make sure it's like something like, okay, 10 years from now, will I still yes. really want to be doing it? And, and, and if the answer is maybe, or a light yes, then that's really a no. It needs to be a yes, yes, emphatic. Yes. It needs to be a hell yeah. yes. So, so you know, so you know it when you feel it. Um, was there uh, anything that you've been using AI for lately? Because I know you said you had that post that says, what can I use AI for today? And I'd love to hear some of your tips and tricks. So I'm I'm paying for ChatGPT4, GPT4, ChatGPT within GPT4, because then it has access to um, the internet and it has access to better, more comprehensive answers. Although if you follow um, AI stuff, it kind of tanked this last week with errors, but I've been using it when I struggle with Google searches, I go over there. Like I'll do a Google search. I'm like, oh, it's giving me four shopping options. Why don't I go ask ChatGPT what it knows about this subject? And then I take that out and I go research what it gives me. So I'm not just, you know, accepting the word of ChatGPT, but um, using it for research has been super useful. Um, also, I can't remember if I already talked about this anywhere, but there's this, um, I know that you know that I have this, I have, I have so many memoirs built up inside me, uh, but one is about Venice and all of the trips I've taken to Venice. And I have, did I talk to Sasha about this or was I talking to Lala about it? I don't remember. I, I think it was, know. it was, well, you mentioned it to Sasha at one point. Yeah. And how like maybe ChatGPT is helping me find what that book might be about because I literally have not known. And that's why I haven't written it because mm. you need the what and the so what. The what is my trips to Venice. The so what is, I don't know. And there is this, um, uh, yeah, I think I was, I did mention it, but, um, there's this Joseph Brodsky book that I love so much. And I asked mm -hmm. basically like, what would a book that I wrote that might model Joseph Brodsky's feeling in the book watermark. And it gave me answers that kind of blew my mind that I hadn't thought of. And that's what I'm finding AI, the most useful tool for right now is that, um, it's a partner in brainstorming and 99% of what it gives me is wrong. I mean, not, not, it's not wrong. It's not like factually inaccurate. Yeah, it just isn't about. for you. It's it not for you. me. Yeah. But then I can twist it and go, okay, then that, so now I understand why that's not for me. So what do I actually want? You know, it's like somebody offering, you know, you go into a kitchen where they could make you anything and you can't quite think of what you want to eat. And they keep saying, you want this, you want this, you want this, you want this. And the more you say no to, the more you go, oh, I do. I, now I'm kind of figuring out what I actually want. And it's mm -hmm. so useful for me for that. Um, it's been, I've been playing with titles. 
for it because I'm really battling some some titles. I'm still trying to figure out a title for the New New Zealanders, which isn't the New New Zealanders. I, I, I love the New New Zealanders. It's I know, so. But, I know, but you know where New Zealand is. No, and but, most people don't. Okay. <laughs> oh, but you don't need to know. You don't. You don't need to know where it is to not to to know what that book's about. Is, uh, is why I would say that. Yeah, and I I like saying it. I like. I think it was. I want to say it was Mona McDermott who. I, th- I think you might be right about that. And I, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm and surprised I still, you're and not I still sticking love with it, that. But but I've asked like people who aren't the biggest readers or you know about it. And they're like, I don't. I think I would just be turned away because I don't know what that would mean. I don't know. I you know is that is that off the coast of Africa? I don't know where that is. You know that that, that so. Whereas I want it to be a little bit more inclusive of this book is about finding this book is about breaking out of feeling trapped and finding home. And so asking GPT to think about those concepts, it gives me a lot of terrible, terrible ideas. Um, and then, and then there was, there was one I really loved. Uh, it gave me homebound, which I was like, Oh, we're bound for home. And then I realized homebound has two literal meanings. You know, it means you're bound for home. Mm-hmm. And it also means you can't leave the house, which is two pandemic overtones. You know, I didn't, I didn't actually want that, but mm-hmm. so it's, so it's really, really fun to play with that kind of thing. I've played with some um, drafting of like, what could, what could chapters be about in these kind of books? And then I look at it and I go, oh, okay, that's a lot of information. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to deal with that right now. But I, um, the one thing that I have done that is huge is, or for me anyway, it feels huge is that I have carefully subscribed to some newsletters about AI and I read them I don't, I don't read any email every day, but I go through my email, you know, once a week and I read all of them. So I subscribe to Ben's bites and I subscribe to Jay Thorne's AI, um, newsletter. And then what's the other one that I said? Oh, the rundown AI. And so looking at all those every day or every few days has taken a lot of the fear away and it's given me a lot more excitement and it makes me feel like I, I don't, you know, I, I probably know a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of 1% of what AI is doing out there. But I know so much more than I did three months ago when I was curious or maybe six months ago when I was curious, but scared. Now I'm just like, Oh, what's going to happen today? Oh, did you see what the United States government said to Google today about AI? You know, that kind of thing is fascinating to me. So um, those have been my big steps forward. I also took Joanna Penn's AI course, which I haven't quite finished yet because I just don't have time to do anything. But I got about halfway through, she did this um, hands-on like live. Let me show you how I use AI for writing. And it was awesome. And I can't wait to finish that course too. Um, That's awesome. What about you? What have you been using it for? Um, My my first thought while, while you were talking, I was like, okay, this isn't a great title, but I feel like you need to say it just in case. Okay. Leaving America, comma, finding home. Okay. I don't love yes, it. I no, don't no. love it. I don't love it. But okay. It, but it, you're very close to what I was going. So um, I want to, I'm also using it for subtitles and I want, and I'm thinking very, very strongly about it, uh, saying leaving America in search of home or leaving America in search of happiness because home and ha- especially happiness, excellent SEO keyword people are looking for books on happiness and then i'm thinking like right now the working title is at home leaving america in search of happiness mm-hmm. or yeah something. yeah I, I i actually love leaving america in search of happiness colon finding home in new zealand oh okay just like 
just lay like, it all out. You're there. you're you're bearing you're bearing the New Zealand for for the geographically challenged. <laughs> yes, but yes. you're but, but you're you're uh but you're leaving America finding and there's like a tension there, like oh leaving America finding happiness, like oh right. I thought I thought I thought I thought we were happy here? in America. Right? What's going What's going on here? What's going on here? I, so you know, and one of one of my one of, I love I love titles. It's like one of my, I don't know if it's a gift, but it's something I enjoy doing. If you you want to play with this any anytime you can. And I really like that suggestion. Okay, so go on. Tell me more about AI. Oh, so what I've been doing with AI, I guess, which it's interesting here how you use it. Well, because you're the revision queen. So you this is not that and whereas I'm like, I could I could pump out a first draft, meaningless first draft, almost as fast as Chappy GPT can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> true, truly. And um, <laughs> so I need to, so I so I'm like taking I'm grabbing a section. And pumping it into chat GPT, and I say, give me, give me twenty suggestions of how I can improve this section, and then it'll give me twenty suggestions, and I'll be like, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh, and then I'll, like I'm suggesting seven of that. I'll be like, oh, I could use that, and I could use that to foreshadow event in the future of the book that I since I already wrote the first draft. That is smart. But the thing that is most important in what you're saying is you are not accepting what it says as gospel. We have to accept the things that it suggests as suggestions, which we are free to reject completely. But that's so you're kind of using it in the same way. You're like using it to kick off your own thinking about something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. ChatGPT is like a friend that's smart with scripts, but has absolutely no time to read your entire manuscript. <laughs> and so, yes, so yes. You're, you're like, you're like, so they'll say things that are like, okay, that's, that's okay. That's okay. And they also I don't have that much you... tact. They want it. They're, they're going to tell you exactly what they think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is they're, good. Yeah. They, they, don't, they, they don't have time for that. <laughs> slight, slightly funny thing I like to do sometimes when I'm feeling down, I, I, I like to throw in like a pair or a chapter. I'm like, tell me uh, a bunch of things you, uh, that are, that's great writing about this section. That and then is... I'll, a great thing to do. It's like a funny fishing for compliments thing. But another thing I've been using it for is just throwing in that same chapter and be like, summarize this. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I'm making sure I'm like, okay, like summarize this in a paragraph. And then I'm making sure it, what I want to communicate in that chapter is being communicated to the reader. And then I'll because also if it do, doesn't summarize yeah. it for you, you've done it wrong. It's yeah, not, you didn't, it's you not didn't, there. It's not there. You think it's there. You in your heart, you're like, oh, yeah. I totally shifted the protagonist's emotions from here to here. But right. it, it was not. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. What a great creative use for that. Also, I want to go back really quickly to the fishing for compliments. Um, I think that is so important. That is so important. And if you can ask a computer that is pretty good at this stuff. It can identify strengths. And if it can identify your strengths and you can hear them, because I truly believe that we grow from praise. We also grow from criticism from people who we trust, you know, um, in, in the professional industry and maybe someday chat GBT, but we really also grow from somebody who is professional, who we trust saying you're really good at dialogue. Cause you know what that does? That makes you better at dialogue. Cause you're like, Rachel's little is good at dialogue. Let me show her how good this is. And we just get better and better by the way we're praised. So that is such a great use of it. I love that. Oh, awesome. And then, uh, what, what's something else I could, uh, yeah, I, I do have this thing where I'm, I'm not good at sentence variety. I, I'll mm -hmm. turn out a perfectly yeah. acceptable sentence. And I really like that's like a higher level author thing. Do you have a, do you, 
chat or Rachel GBT. Do you have do you have any advice on how one would improve their sentence variety, or is it just something you just get better at with time? No, I think it is something that you can actually think about. It is the this idea of sentence variation is something that is hard to bring into our everyday writing because we write the way we write the way we write. And so it's kind of like that post-it that I have that says, you know, how can I use AI today? That could be a pass through a manuscript. I would make it a late pass. Um, like it's this, the scene already deserves to be there. It's already doing everything it needs to do plot wise and character wise, but then it could be a sentence variation pass. If you know that you're not that strong in it. And then what that would be is like, look at any paragraph and say, if it's, if it's a six sentence paragraph, do I have one short sentence? And do I have one um, complex sentence. Okay. If I've got both of those, everything else can kind of fit in here. And then I'll go on to the next large paragraph to see if I can break things up. Or I'll look at, you know, line by line, if the paragraphs are shorter than that, do I have any short sentences? If I don't have any, can I make some, can I make this sound? Um, the reason we do that is it just increases lyricism and increases rhythm. Um, and it's something that we only get better at by doing, by playing with. So challenging yourself to do that on every page or every other page as a mm -hmm. pass through a manuscript, I think would be nothing but good for you. And I think after doing a whole book of that, you would know 500% more than you did six hours before, you know? Oh, tr truly. Yeah. You, you yeah. like, like you, you write, you get better at writing. So in the next book, and then you have to challenge yourself further and further. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't, I, ha I don't pay for ChatGPT, but I, I'm, I, I probably will at some point soon. I'm still using the free version, yeah. but I do ask it, I'll throw in several as much as they'll allow me and be like, tell me about all the characters and their personalities. Mm -hmm. And then I could be like, okay, it's sort of, it's sort of like what I'm doing on the with the chapter thing, uh, the summarization of the chapter, but I'm I'm trying to see like, okay, have I communicated what's interesting about this character and what's unique about this character? And yeah, just like seeing that. I love that. That's a, such a great usage for it. How do well, you feel? Because I'm, I'm not, there's a little fly in my room here, so I'm doing this work <laughs> dance. Um, but how do you feel about concerns that ChatGPT or, you know, Meta's Llama or any of these things are going to be data scraping your creative writing? I'm not. I'm not either. Okay. I'm not because uh, this, it's sort of like the same thing, like, oh, everyone, we need to stop AI. I'm like, well, it's gonna happen one way it's, or the other yeah too late for that like so like we we could be luddites screaming at the electrical wires that they're that they're putting up uh, along the highway or we could enjoy the ac <laughs> so <laughs> and i choose yes, yes. to enjoy the ac yeah so and there are so many words in so many languages and there are trillions and trillions upon trillions of ways to organize those words into sentences. And there will be some overlap for some people. There always has been, um, mm -hmm. but there will still never be anyone who can arrange sentences the way that I can or the way that mm -hmm. you can, period. There are no copyrightable ideas. All that we are doing as writers is rearranging sentences and words. And if AI can assist us in first drafting or second drafting, but we're still the ones in charge of putting the words into the order that we as artists choose, I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This actually reminds you of a model that I forgot to write down in my notes. And that is about, so I asked ChatGPT once for a, for an outline for an idea, just like tell me, and then it was like the most streamlined thing that I would never 
in a million years ever <laughs> consider writing. I'm like, no, right. like that's yeah. the angle you take with this. No, thank you. No, like, <laughs> absolutely not. I would not do that. Um, and so, so I think in this world, you could be Dua Lipa, and Dua Lipa is she's streamlined, she's pop, she's she's delivering pop banger after pop banger, and there's nothing wrong, and it's very optimized for the general public. Or you could be someone with a little a little bit more interest. And be St. Vincent, and you, for example. Yeah, yeah, you can be St. Vincent. And you're not going to be for everyone. Right. For the people you are for, you're really for. And right. ChatGPT currently is not able to be that person for that, for that smaller niche audience because it's always trying to optimize for the most amount of people. And right. you're trying to optimize for you as the as the reader. And 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 while I respect and love Dua Lipa and anyone who writes a very streamlined manuscript. Uh, are they my favorites? No, they'll never, like, the most streamlined will never be my favorites. You have to be a little weird to be my favorite. Yes, you have to be a little weird to be my favorite. That's an amazing line. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, uh, what uh, what have you been reading lately as we, as we, as before you head off to your game? Uh, yes, I'm going to the game tonight. I'm going to look at my um, Goodreads challenge here because i can't i've read like eight books in the last two weeks um wow uh, uh, let's see uh, so the book that I, that is blowing my mind right now is the adventures of amina al-sarafi have you heard about this one Mm-mm. it's about a middle-aged female pirate from the middle east in the 12th century it's so good it's hilarious and funny and, and just and just like real and dramatic it's amazing but i have also um uh let's see i've read so much um probably my other favorite thing that i have read recently was um mansfield and me which is a graphic memoir written by a welling wellingtonian who is uh talking about her relationship with Catherine mansfield um growing up here and being a writer and going away and coming back and um the their kind of parallel lives and i just thought it was a really beautiful graphic memoir and i want her on the show someday if i ever clear out the backlog of interviews and get them out there um then i can invite somebody else on <laughs> what about you um so i i'm reading from someone who was a guest on your show not too long ago uh may lee chai the tomorrow in shanghai oh, and yeah. uh, and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I, I, if you, if you read a short story collection, and don't walk away with a million book ideas, you're doing it wrong. That's that's what I have to say. Yep. About, um, yep. Do you do you have do you do you have a favorite short story collection by by an author that you that you like? Oh, you love that one. Um, anything by Andre Debus the first or Alice Munro will like. Mm-hmm. Any of their short story collections, I think, are masterpieces to the point where, like, when I read them, I'm like, no, I'm never writing again. Never, ever going to pick up a pencil. They're too, <laughs> they're too good. They're so good. And I also really enjoy that feeling, too, of just wanting to die or cry because what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, Alice, Alice does, I think she said she fills up, like, 10 to 12 notebooks per book. Like, it's... It's she's she's she really I believe that I believe and and I'm like well I don't know I don't know I don't know if that's for me not yet not yet maybe one day maybe one day when I'm like when people are like waiting with bated death for my products but we're not we're not there yet they're waiting they are waiting they are looking forward 
Oh, thank you for doing this with me, Ed. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm sorry yeah, that it made you feel you. like you had to compete with Sasha. You know, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I, I was, I, I was, I didn't feel like I was competing with Sasha. I was just getting jealous of Sasha. I was like, <laughs> oh, she's like, she gets, she gets all these fun chats. Why don't I get some fun chats? So I was like, okay, well, let's, let's you make know it what? count. You, I will tell you, you could have led with that rather than saying, Rachel, you want to talk about AI sometime? I'm like, no, I do not want to do a whole show about AI because I am not an expert. But if you said I'm jealous of Sasha, I'm like, oh, we'll do it next week. Of course. <laughs> Noted. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Appeal to my emotions. Yes. <laughs> truly, truly. Uh, well, have a great night. And thank you so much for letting me come on the show. And thanks, th- and thanks you all are, listeners for listening. <laughs> you are the best. Thank you, Edward. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. Mm-hmm.